afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another podcast series hosted by Nativa and OYE Business Intelligence, where we provide a bi-weekly insight on the latest topics and trends uh, among Hispanics and Black consumers. I'm Natasha Pongonis, co-founder and CEO of Nativa Inc., and as well, my business partner and co-founder, Eric Diaz, is joining us today. And I also wanted to welcome one of our interns from the Phoenix office who actually work in the latest report. So Diane, if you want to say hello to everyone, introduce yourself. So hello, my name is Diane and I'm the intern here um, at the Phoenix office. I just started and this would be my first report. Uh, and I decided to do it on um, different brands of popular chips. And I guess started with a topic today. So the ones I picked were Doritos, Cheetos, Pringles, and Lay's. Uh, I picked these based off just volume of sales. So these seem to be the most popular uh, leading brands. And also, yeah, and I think you know, for me, for instance, uh, you know, growing up in Argentina and I travel a lot, I think these are some of the brands that, regardless where you are, uh, you always see, see these brands on the shelf. And I know, you know, I, I remember even in college, like. Pringles was always my to-go type of snack, especially when I have to study for an exam or something. I always have to have some Pringles next to me. And back in the day, it was like watching uh, Friends and I always have a box of Pringles. So um, I'm really excited uh, that you did this analysis in this report. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit more about the period that you collected the data from and the volume of the data. Okay, so I collected the data from April 3rd uh, all the way to June 2nd. And um, mostly, most of the volume of the, the data that I got were, was for Doritos and for Cheetos. These seem just to be the most popular brands among, like, among users. Uh, and the other ones, Pringles and Lay's, it also got kind of a volume of tweets, but not as much compared to Doritos and Cheetos. Um, I also had to exclude many of the tweets for Cheetos and they still like were able to keep a good amount of volume of conversation. And um, yeah, so how I collected this data was uh, for Cheetos. I actually, again, I had to exclude a lot of words regarding the president, um, Donald Trump. As you may know, a lot of people just like to point out his skin color and they like to compare it to brand Cheetos. I don't think that's a great thing, but you know, it's, is what drives conversations online. And yeah, so I had to do a lot of different variants of Cheetos, like exclude them just because I saw like they had a political tone um, and I didn't want that to, um, to be analyzed, you know, with what the brand is actually doing. Um, and, you, and I think you bring a really good point on that, Diana, and I wanna highlight some of the process that goes behind the scene when we do this type of analysis, either when we do white paper, but also when we provide this level of insight for our clients and partners, that our process is very in-depth. Just because we collect data doesn't mean that all the data is relevant. The, the meaningful process is to being able to clean the data and only capture what is relevant to the brand. So in your case, you just bring a very good example on something that will actually will show perhaps a high volume for a particular brand but it's not necessarily related, the consumers 
relate to the brand or like or dislike the brand. It's something that is kind of becoming more like a popular trend or topic, but it's completely unrelated in how much sales perhaps that will be driving. So um, yeah, it's, you know, I think the social listening from data analytics, it, there is, that's perhaps some of the main distinction is how data analysts can really then define very clearly what is relevant and what is not from a large database of data collected. All right, let's let's move on. I'm actually a little bit surprised, but maybe not so much. It seems that Hispanics are actually uh, having a lot of volume of conversation for this particular topic. So uh, what did you find on the language analysis? So for the language analysis, I found that Doritos had a really high percentage of Spanish conversations. And I also noticed that most of those conversations were coming from an old campaign that they had, uh, which was uh, Three Doritos Later. Uh, so for that campaign, it became very popular in Spanish. Uh, so their Spanish version, which was Tres Doritos Después, a lot of people would start using that as like, instead of saying fast forward, that which is the Three Doritos After or Later. And yeah, that was like a lot of the conversation uh, in Spanish for Doritos. For Pringles, it was just a liking, I guess, in the Hispanic part, um, in the Hispanic market for like looking at Pringles as being um, somewhat superior to the other brands, just because they come in a more uh, condensed form, as opposed to uh, a bag that, you know, a lot of people don't like that when you get those bags, like it comes with a lot of air. So you get a big mm -hmm. bag, but you know, you only get a portion of that, like with yeah. being filled with actual chips. So Pringles seems to be um, to be liked in that way, especially by Hispanics. So a lot of the conversations in Spanish were actually just uh, people stating that they liked Pringles or that they were craving Pringles, that they wanted some. And yeah, for Lay's and for, sorry, for Lay's and for Cheetos, the percentages were a little uh, lower in Spanish. Uh, they were higher in English, especially for Lay's. Um, there was a lot of English-speaking people talking about Lay's, and yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, from one of some of the reports that we have been doing lately, I think we we are starting to see a trend of um, English dominance among Hispanics. But this is a actually an opposite direction. We see a lot of Spanish conversations uh, for some specific brands. Um, so it's interesting. I think it brings back again to that always conversation when we said that when brands trying to reach Hispanics, you don't have to assume that everyone speaks Spanish or go with the total market approach. It's very important to understand based on a specific brand or even a specific products, what is the right language that you need to use in order to attract or, or engage the Hispanic consumer. Example. Uh, conversations you pulled there was a lot of really good examples of people sharing sentiment usually positive sentiment for you know, they want uh like right here they said i uh, i've got um uh, i want to eat some pringles basically and I, there was a lot of those people just share and definitely they mentioned the brand name doritos cheetos pringles um a lot of spanish as you guys uh are, are mentioned one of the things that um did did uh did show up in this report is that we did allow, and in some cases we do this, we do allow unknown uh, location to, to come into the report, which means that even if it doesn't specifically uh, register as a US uh, conversation, we did include it. So for this, just to get a kind of a wider variety of, uh, of conversations, we included unknown sources, which basically 
if we knew it was from a specific country such as Mexico, Venezuela, or and Colombia, any of those, then it wasn't included in this report. But if we didn't know, there's somebody, you know, 50% of people roughly don't uh, don't present what um, what location they're coming from, then it was included in this report. So a lot of that um, explains why we had such a high uh, dominance of Spanish, um, because you know, realistically, it does have international conversation. And these are global brands, you know, Doritos, uh, you know, as you said, Natasha, these are things that you, some of these brands are you were familiar with in Argentina, as well as many people in, in other countries, especially Mexico, just across the border, are, are very familiar with these uh, brands as well. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, it, it's, it is fun to see like when there's so much Spanish because, yeah, we don't see that all the time. So it, this was a great report to kind of uh, get mm -hmm. some more variety in, in how people talked about a, a global brand such as Cheetos, Doritos, and all of those. Yeah. A few more examples here. Uh, you know, Quería unas Pringles, like just want some more Pringles. People just <laughs> like saying these things and like sharing, you know, their, 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 our, uh, you know, this person saying, I love Cheetos with, uh, Cheetos with cheese, you know, that's uh, you know, somebody just felt like, hey, let's let's tweet that. And they got 67 retweets. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> these, these, these tweets are, are popular and people share them as well. Um, oh, and then, then to your point. So if you would, Diane, tell, tell us a little bit more about this, uh, about the, the Doritos campaign that, you know, resonated with folks. Okay, so this campaign is actually an older campaign um, that Doritos ran. It was... It was a very simple concept. They used the Dorito shape, uh, you know, as you know, it's like a triangle. So they put three of those together and it reassembles the fast forward button. So they would, uh, they ran a couple of commercials just showing um, like everyday situations and then three Doritos after or fast forward, the situation um, completely changed. So a lot of people took that and, and made it into memes and it created a lot of conversation in the moment but I don't think they were really expecting it to continue on after years to the point that people don't even say fast forward anymore to just like use the Doritos example. And I guess mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a fun way to do it. It's um, it's fun to look at three Doritos resembling a fast forward button as opposed to just like a regular one. Yeah, I, I always think it's, it's great for a brand when they can kind of uh, have their name used just like in, in cultural conversation, just mm -hmm. like become part of the conversation without People like aren't even talking about the chips in this case. They're just using it as like basically instead of saying fast forward, they're just saying three Doritos later. Like and and uh, and but what happens is when you say the brand, you know the brand still gets basically an impression, an audio impression that it was said. And you know the next time somebody finds themselves at the store, that kind of subliminal message resonates. So like they, you know when they have to choose what chip are they buying. That's another impression because they heard the word or they used the word three Doritos later, they're slightly more likely to buy Doritos at the store. So I, I, that's why I always think it's great when a brand gets mentioned just in everyday conversation like this, even for somebody that's not talking about the chip specifically. Yeah, definitely. And just based on what I found also, uh, just Doritos seems to be a very, very popular uh, brand among Hispanics. Uh, they just they like to they crave it just as much as like even more than pringles or it's a it's just a brand that gets mentioned a lot and in the context of you know i want these specific chips mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and um there was another example like where they were mentioning how they like to complement the doritos with a coke and i thought um 
I thought when I first saw, saw that they wanted a Coke, like that they would pair it up with their favorite chips. But just Doritos seemed by far um, to keep um, being the brand that kept getting, getting mentioned. So people didn't just want a Coke with chips. They wanted a Coke with Doritos specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great Very point. I've got an example right here. Those of you who see my screen that shows uh, exactly what Diane's talking about. People mentioned Doritos and Coke together. So, and lots of examples of those. Um, and you can see this one, 7,000 likes on that tweet alone. Yeah, wow, a lot. Yeah, it's a great example. Right. Oh, so I'll talk briefly about the Latino index. Now, Latino index, generally, when we, we look at this, we're looking at uh, level of acculturation of uh, US Hispanics. So in this case, because we do have some global conversation in there, I don't want to spend too much uh, time looking at that because it's not saying this is not a, uh, a specifically US only. So um, I will say that that's why we see some differences here, like especially we see a lot more L5 than we typically do, which L5 uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the way OIE does segmentation, L5 are going to be Spanish-dominant Hispanics, so those that lead and only post in Spanish. Uh, OIE looks at every user that posts and looks at their most relevant up to their last most, um, most, most recent 100 posts and sees what language they're using. So somebody that is at L5, literally out of every single post that, that OIE was found, every single one was in Spanish only. Um, so to find somebody that's at eight, uh, a brand that's at 18% is really high when we look at U.S. Hispanics because typically U.S. Hispanics are going to be using English more frequently. So you're going to have more L2s, L3s, L4s, and then you're really going to have a lot of L1s. So L1 is typically one of our biggest groups. Uh, so what we see L1, and those are English only. So those are the exact opposite, very acculturated Hispanics, ones that uh, never use Spanish, literally never use Spanish at all. Um, and they engage more with content such as, uh, you know, let's say pop music um, and Taylor Swift, NFL, things like that. And don't necessarily engage with like uh, Latin American football or Bad Bunny and some of the other um, other pop culture things that happen to be more uh, more of like Latin American uh, importance. So so this report, again, a little bit different than what we normally see, but uh, I think there are some still interesting to see some of the differences between the brands. Um, but you can see that Cheetos, Lay's, very heavy in L1, uh, whereas Doritos was a lot bigger with their L3, which is bilingual Hispanic, kind of just a mix of the two. And Pringles the same way, their biggest group, um, uh, Pringles, the biggest group was L1, but not far behind it was L3. The total bilingual use English and Spanish equally 30%, and for Doritos at 43%. Yeah, and I think I'm moving along with uh, our white paper, um, the being able to then define the generation uh, within those conversations is very important when we're talking about gender segmentation, but also um, level of acculturations, understanding what is the demographics and the age group. So through face recognitions, in every analysis, we're able to get a sample of the data that we collected and identify specific conversations based on age groups. So it range anywhere between 12 to 17 years old, up to 65 to 74 years old. Um, and for this particular analysis uh, among Hispanics, there was a sample of 1,300 um, tweets analyzed. And what was really interesting, I think, is the Cheetos and Doritos, they were present in, across all different age groups, from younger to, to older. Um, and however, for Lay's, 
they were only present on six of the eight different groups. And I think we were talking earlier today about um, delays in some other country perhaps have a different brand name. So that could also be a lot of perhaps um, recent uh, first generation of Hispanics or, or immigrants, they might not necessarily have the affinity with the brand when they go to the grocery store and they see that on the shelf versus a Doritos or a Pringles that they universally recognize. Um, but definitely what we see is uh, among Hispanics, the 25 to 34 years old, um, they have the largest percent of conversation and that's can, it's very consistent across the four different brands. And when we look with the same analysis, I don't know if you have some examples, Diane, if you wanna share um, before we move to the Black Americans. Yeah, I, you know, one of the things that stood out to me, Diane, let's let's talk a little bit about that article that came out about about flaming hot Cheetos. What, what happened there? What is this article all about? What was it? Okay, so the article just came out in May, and it's about a famous story uh, by Richard Mon um, Montanez. Uh, he became really famous uh, because he had a success story of going from being a janitor for Frito Lays uh, to turning. Uh, to becoming the vice president of Frito-Lay Company. Uh, so this, this narrative was shared uh, over years of how, like, how he invented Flaming Hot Cheetos. And nobody really ever questioned that story. Frito-Lay, even the company itself, like never came out to say, oh no, that's, that's false. And uh, recently this, um, the LA Times did an investigation and they, did the, they wrote this article where they debunk the story. Uh, they, they basically go through and say how they try to find ways to support the story, but they were not able to. Uh, so there was no, no employees from that time that, that could um, verify what Richard was saying about his story. Yeah, you know, and I, I've, I've heard the story. I've, uh, I think I've been a conference where uh, I think Mr. Montaña is presented. And I'm, so I've been very familiar with it. It's kind of like an urban legend. I just assumed it was true, which I think probably most people did. Um, so it, it's interesting, you know, I, I found this, you know, I read this article uh, unrelated to this report and because like I, I remembered it and I was like, that guy really didn't invent it. And it, it, it did strike me because uh, what's unique about it is that the, the company um, isn't saying like, oh, this is a total hoax. They're not necessarily like shaming Mr. Montañez, mm -hmm. but they're also not uh, agreeing with it specifically. So, because there are there are good elements to it, even if it's not 100% true, there are good elements to the story, such as, hey, you can start from very little level. Uh, you can start immigrant family. Uh, you're a first generation Hispanic in a, in a rural part of California. You can work your way up being a high level like a c-level executive because that that is true that is true for mr montanez like he did work his way up whether or not he invented the flaming hot cheetos that does seem like it might be a bit embellished based on what i read in this los angeles times it, it, it does seem embellished but you know maybe the, the the spirit of the story isn't uh necessarily you know did he or not or can but can you like start at a little level and can you get somewhere so so, but there are going to be labels of, you know, what somebody mentioned here, uh, you know, the flaming Hot Cheetos drama, or people are going to use the word scandal and drama, like, mm -hmm. you know, you, can, you could look at it as a very negative thing, um, or you can take it what it is and say, hey, you know, maybe over the years, um, 
it's, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that like, there was a grain of truth and then like, and then some, some like falsities added into it. And maybe it just became more and more exaggerated as it went. It could be just one of the things. I don't think it's anything particularly harm, harmful, but people do uh, not like stories that come out to be false. Like that. So I think that's yeah. why it came out and it made such a, a ruckus. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I have seen him speak in many national high level conference when he was telling his story. And not once he, I think, is he spoke against the brand or or has anything negative to say. I think it was one that American dream of someone that start from nothing and can become uh, a C-suite executive. But at the same time, I think it was also uh, providing a really positive experience for the brand and how creative they are. So I agree with you. I mean, I think you know, passing. We all know. I think you know what it takes to develop a concept for a new product is not one person. You always have a team behind, but always take that one person that has that idea. And teams will elaborate from that idea and create a, a whole product, a whole, whole new concept. So could be that he brought the idea, but it, it requires really a large team to be able to launch a product at this scale. Um, but yeah, that was interesting that you capture um, that conversation and especially with someone that, you know, Anyone, I think, in the Hispanic marketing uh, world is familiar with who Richard Montanez is. So let's move to the um, Black American generation. So similar to the Hispanics, collected a sample of 852 uh, tweets to gather the age and the demographics. And very similar with Hispanics, we see kind of like that more mid middle age um, generation over indexing with conversations the 35 to 44. Slightly older, I think, than the Hispanics, um, but it's still very similar. Um, what is interesting here, it says like Olay had 44%. Um, so it's a little bit different than, than the Hispanics. So based on your analysis, I guess you will say that um, uh, Blacks tend to have more of an affinity with Olay than Hispanics, and Hispanics maybe is more a Dorito preference. Yeah, it seems like I was mentioned more. Um, yeah, you know, based on the data, absolutely. And and Diane, I, I did pull up a couple of the uh, couple of tweets that were popular among the Black American audience. Um, somebody talking about some specific subsets of uh, Cheetos, hot Cheetos puffs being better than hot Cheetos crunchy. Um, and and then somebody <laughs> talking, what was this one about? It, what, there was something about the formula of the of the. Uh, Flaming Hot Lays, do you know? Yeah, so they, uh, the company Lays, they did something very like subtle. They don't really, they didn't really um, talk about it that they were going to be um, doing this change, but it went from being just uh, Lays Flaming Hot to being Lays Flaming Hot, but with cheese added. Mm -hmm. And they even changed like the packaging of the of the bag, and I think that's where people noticed like before there wasn't any cheese on it. And now you're adding like a piece of cheese to the packaging. So I guess people also uh, did taste the difference. And this actually generated a lot of negative sentiment coming from um, people. Just people don't really enjoy change, especially mm -hmm. if it's one of their favorite flavors or something that they do enjoy eating. You know, you go to the store one time, you get your favorite chips, then you go the next time. And now there's something different about it. And even if it's a slight difference, like I think um, people are going to notice is their taste buds. They they know what they like. And yeah, this this wasn't a good move, I guess, for Lace. 
Yeah, that's a great example. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people don't like change, you're right? It's just in general. Here's something, this is like a rumor mm -hmm. of uh, Doritos being switched to a new bag. Those of you that can see, basically going away from actually showing the product and just going with more of like their, their straight triangle that looks like the fast forward button. Uh, it wound up not being a real thing. This is kind of like a design, con my understanding is a design mm -hmm. contest from, from students. And it was just like a concept of what Doritos bag could look like. But it got caught, it got out of hand. So people were sharing it. People were freaking out, you know, as you mentioned, uh, because yes, they don't want people messing with their favorites. Um, I, yeah, I know lots of people that eat. I, I'm personally, uh, I'll share my, my preference is, is Pringles. And I, it's something that uh, I think I heard you Diane, Diane say earlier. It's just like um, the space of it. You know, I just came back from a big camping trip and all we brought was out of all these chips, all we brought was Pringles because you can consolidate so many of them in a box. You know, these guys are cylinders, whereas bags, half of the half of the space would just be air. So I get that as far as like um, a spacing and being frustrated with how much air comes in a bag of Doritos or any of those chips. So um, yeah, again, yeah. people don't like mess people messing with their favorites. So and it's interesting, Eric, you just mentioned about your preference. And I wonder if this is also something related to generations. Um, because I know perhaps. For the younger generation, a very popular brand which we didn't analyze are Takis. Uh, and I don't know, do you guys have ever, ever had Takis? Because Takis are extremely popular, I will say, with the Gen C in particular. Um, so do you like that brand? Have you ever heard about that brand? Ever had any Takis? I have heard about the brand and I used to have them when I was younger. <laughs> I guess my stomach is not, is not good for it anymore, but. You're too old now, Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've had Takis, I like them too, but I'm like, every time I eat one of these flaming Hot things, I'm like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> I just it's like, and maybe that's why they're so popular with the younger generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, uh, wrapping up here with, with, with Jenna, let's just show a couple Quick examples. Um, I think we talked about so in gender. I, for me, when I when I was reading the report, Diane, I I noticed immediately that it was not like super skewed towards male, but it definitely for both black mm -hmm. and Hispanic, it was more male. It was uh, somewhere between like fifty-five to sixty percent male for both, which I thought was interesting. Men are just more likely to, to share about their Dorito, their their Cheetos experiences, so. Uh, anything of a note for, from you on either of these? Um, as far as the male? Yeah, like any difference between the way men, men talked about it versus women talked about those brands? Mm -hmm. I guess just the men are more, tend to be more passionate about uh, like their feelings about a certain brand. And uh, yeah. And tell, and tell me about that one. There was one that... Uh, it was a black American uh, user that shared, or maybe it was like a, a rap star that shared eating a, like a pizza with some, some chips on it. What was that about? Oh yeah, so that was with the uh, with black Americans. It's all like- In sentiment, right? Yeah, it's in sentiment analysis. So that was a popular rapper. Her name is Sweetie. And uh, she did a video where she was showing how she likes to eat her pizza. And she put uh, hot Cheetos on top of her pizza and decided to eat that. So she received a lot of negative criticism um, about her her option, um, her choice to put hot Cheetos on pizza. A lot of people were saying that it was gross, that you know it wasn't healthy, and that it just wasn't uh, wasn't a good idea. 
and that was mostly um, male males talking about it. Huh. Hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and I see in sentiment wise, it looks like the highest negative is actually for Pringles among the Black American audience, thirty four percent. In that, it looks like so the recent change of Pringles logo generated discontent. So some people are just talking about a logo change again, not really liking uh, change to their favorite brands. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whereas with Hispanic, it was more negative with Doritos. So actually, just among all, there was more negative sentiment than you know, than uh, we see for a lot of different topics. Um, people, you know, I guess you know, as we say, polarized. You know, a lot of people are saying either really good things or really bad things about it. It looks like Doritos for Hispanics was like forty percent negative, which is which is pretty heavy. Yeah, that, that could be attributed though to the um, to the campaign that we talked about earlier about the fast forward um, mm -hmm. because Hispanics tended to use that as uh, as you know going from a from a normal situation to a worse situation. Uh, yeah. So okay. there you can see I I think I have an example by Natalia Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah, and that one um, I believe she's from uh, Washington and she was just commenting on something that was going on in her home country, Colombia. So uh, there you see the quote that says, Colombia is not racist. And then three Doritos after or three Doritos later, um, there is uh, something that happening. Like there's confrontations happening back at Colombia. So yeah, yeah and that's a really good point. Yeah, sometimes having your name used in cultural references isn't mm -hmm. a good thing, right? Especially if it isn't a good thing, like how do you separate that? Like for people, if they're saying bad things, they're not really talking about your brand, but they're using your brand to describe something bad, you know, is that good? Maybe, maybe not, you know? So that's a, that's a tough thing as well. You'd rather just have people saying, why am I always craving hot Cheetos, which <laughs> in an ideal world, I guess. So. Anyway, this is a great report, Diana. Natasha, I guess I, I don't know if you had any final thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. oh. All right, so I think what you know, just to just to close off everything, I think that um, the last thing I wanted to share is just with the word clouds. So, with Hispanic, what were some of the things that you noticed in the in the final? Uh, I guess in like the in some of the top mentioned uh, keywords. Well, the one that I mentioned earlier was the one uh, was coca, which is like the Spanish version of Coke or cola flavor soft drinks. Um, so. There, I just share like many Hispanic users. They they really like to uh, to have a Coke as a complimentary product to their chips. So um, most of the conversations regarding that were Doritos with Coke. But there was also some mentions of uh, you know having hot Cheetos with Coke or having uh, Pringles with a Coke. So I think that was that was a popular one. Uh, the other ones were just again back to the campaign. Tres Doritos después. So just the breakdown of that. One of the keywords I see in there too is preparados. Can you tell us what does that what does that mean exactly? Okay, so I think now it's become very common for um, like to have your chips um, be prepared. Uh, I don't know. That's really common in the Hispanic community where you like to put cheese on it. You like to put um, like vegetables on it. I mean, I've seen a little <laughs> a little bit of everything. So they'll put like sour cream and. They'll just prepare them. So kind of becomes a dish on its own. Yeah, yeah. it's like becomes like a whole meal. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's cool. I've definitely seen it. 
not not my cup of tea, but uh, I definitely see it. Uh, <laughs> even around Phoenix, you can see all these kind of bags of chips, preparados, like served on you know around. So that's good. that's fun. Oh, all right. And then finally, let's, let's close with the uh, word cloud for Black American. Tell us what is this weird code that we see here? P S K I V R. What is that about? So that code is actually just um, comes from the file name of an image that was being shared a lot. And that image is just of a Doritos flavor. And a lot of people, well, the caption of it was like, hands down, this is the best uh, flavor of Doritos. And a lot of people agreed with it and decided to share it. So again, that's just the file name for the image. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I want to share that for those of you who can see it. Just, uh, Okay, spicy, sweet, chili. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Very good. Um, well, Diane, I really uh, think you did an excellent job on this report, and it was actually really fun. It's always fun to talk about uh, yeah, chips, mm -hmm. something lighter, you know, something we can all relate with. We all eat them, or we have family members that eat them. We learn a lot about them, about how the way, different ways people eat them and talk about them. Uh, it, it's great information for us. And then of course, for the manufacturers of these brands and those that work in similar industries. So anyway, thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back in two more weeks with another uh, report using our social listening tool. So thank you very much for joining. Thank you. Bye -bye.